Welcome to the Clifford Chance podcast, where our experts discuss pressing issues and trends faced by the business world today. Foreign direct investment is still making headlines. I'm sitting here together with Ulrich Pfeffer. And I'm sitting here with Dimitri Slobodenyok, and we'll be discussing the foreign direct investment regime in Germany with you. Ulrich, you know, when I talk about this topic, I usually tell a war story about a Chinese client. This was back in 2012. This Chinese client intended to purchase a German target, a machine manufacturer. This was the first investment of this client in Germany and in the EU overall. And when we conducted the multi-jurisdictional merger control analysis, we came to the conclusion that the transaction does not have to be notified to the European Commission or to the German Federal Cartel Office. And we thought this was good news. We went back to the client and uh, the client told us, well, look, this is my first investment in Germany. This is my first investment in a, a foreign jurisdiction. And for this reason, I would need a piece of paper from a public authority, from a German authority, which basically tells me that I'm allowed to take over the target. And we advised the client that there is this strange German foreign direct investment regime, which nobody cares about. This is a pretty straightforward process. We prepared a notification to the German Federal Ministry of Economics. The whole procedure took approximately one month. And indeed, we received the clearance uh, for the uh, transaction. The German government did not ask any questions. And obviously, no remedies were imposed. I can imagine not all cases um, are that straightforward as the one you just described. Uh, having seen newspaper articles in the recent past describing many deals um, that seem to be um, under more rigid scrutiny by the German government, um, clearly indicated a certain development taking place in Germany with respect to the foreign direct investment regime. And one statement by Peter Altmaier, the federal minister of economic affairs, clearly points out what the direction of the German government is. Um, he said, we are open, but we're not naive. This statement must be placed in the context of several landmark cases having occurred in the last few years, as well as various amendments of the German foreign trade regulation, broadening its scope, uh, extending its review period, and particularly in 2017 and 2018. We also expect another amendment taking into effect in 2019. And you know what, Ulrich, uh, you can also see it on the number of cases which were notified the German Ministry of Economics. In 2016, we had overall 41 cases which were notified to the German Ministry of Economics. In 2017, this number increased to 66. And in 2018, according to an unofficial source, there were overall 78 cases which were notified to the German government. What is also interesting to see is that in many cases, Chinese investors were involved. And this certainly has also played a significant role when the German government tightened the scrutiny under the German foreign trade regulation. So Ulrich, what are those landmark cases you wanted to talk about? The first landmark case that eventually hit the headlines was the proposed acquisition of the German semiconductor firm Eikstron by a Chinese bidder, Fujian Grand Chip Investment. While the transaction did initially not raise any concerns in Germany, the Committee on Foreign Investments in the US, CFIUS, reviewed the case for several months 
and ultimately referring the case to former President Obama, who eventually blocked the transaction. He was the third president who blocked the transaction ever. Reportedly, Eikstron manufactured equipment used in the production of semiconductor devices, which were also used in military applications. In a surprise move following the in-depth review by the U.S. authority, the German government withdrew its approval for the takeover and reopened its review proceedings. According at least to what we heard, that reconsideration was prompted by concerns expressed by the U.S. government that the transaction could result in access to sensitive military equipment technology by China or could even be used by China's nuclear program. Due to the scope of the US bloc, the parties eventually abandoned the transaction, not giving the German government the opportunity to make history in the sense of blocking the transaction and not granting approval for the first time in the history of the German direct investment regime. Of course, this very first landmark decision has to be seen in its context. At the time, it was seen as an, just another push of Chinese private companies to acquire cutting-edge technology in Germany. And in addition, in that year, Germany was the largest recipient of Chinese investments in uh, Europe. And of course, federal elections were scheduled for the next year, which also certainly may have had an impact uh, on this case. And you know, I remember in 2016, there was another case when the Chinese investor Midea intended to purchase the German robot manufacturer KUKA. The peculiarity of this case was that it was not subject to filing requirements under the German FDI regime. However, the German press reported about the case and it was perceived to be by the German public as another attempt of the Chinese investors taking over the good old German technology. And this is something the government has to prevent. And indeed, the German government authorized the Federal Ministry for Economic Affairs and Energy in August 2018 to prohibit the acquisition of Liefeld metal spinning by Yantai Taihai Corp, a private undertaking based in China. This was the first ever deal to be formally authorized for prohibition by the German government. So it is pretty much the peak of the development we described before. The government's main concern was that sensitive know-how and technology may be transferred to China, which could be used for military purposes. Also, in fact, nothing new, as this was also a concern with the previous transactions. The minister concluded the deal would endanger public order and security in Germany. However, interestingly, the minister never got the chance or the opportunity to block the deal as the parties decided to withdraw their application. And there was a fourth landmark case, the, at the end of the day, failed acquisition of 50 Hertz, one of the German TSOs, transmission system operator, by the Chinese investor State Grid. The peculiarity of this case was, again, that it was not subject to filing requirements under the German FDI regime. However, the German government succeeded in preventing the deal by rather factual measures. So following the recent landmark decisions, the German government must have stepped up its game to make foreign investments more difficult in Germany. So Dimitri, I'm wondering, what is the current framework of the German direct investment regime? Well, it's a bit difficult to explain in a podcast. Uh, however, you must distinguish between two types of scrutiny. On the one hand, 
you have the sector-specific scrutiny, which relates to acquisition of German targets, which are active in a defense-related sector by non-German acquirers. On the other hand, there is a cross-sectoral scrutiny, which relates to acquisition of German targets, which are active in all other industries by non-EU acquirers. A typical example for the cross-sectoral scrutiny is the so-called critical infrastructure, a term which is defined in a further regulation by the German government. It comprises such industries as telecommunication, energy, water, banks, transportation, healthcare, etc. However, the German government has a rather wide discretion in applying the cross-sectoral scrutiny to other industries as well. And in fact, I would say that there is only one industry which to 99.9% would not fall under the cross-sectoral scrutiny of the German government, and this is football. However, I can imagine that should a Chinese investor dare to acquire a traditional German football club such as Bayern Munich or Borussia Dortmund, that the German government would really think of changing or further tightening the German FDI regulation again. So, Dimitri, if I'm a company and I'm entering into a deal and planning ahead, what kind of review periods would I have to keep in mind? Well, that's a good question, Ulrich. And again, it's a bit difficult to explain in a podcast. However, in a nutshell, such a review by the German government under the FDI regulation can last up to seven months and in some cases even beyond that. So as I understand, these are quite some extensive review periods. Um, these review periods in mind, would companies be able to complete their transaction or do they have to wait for you know some kind of certificate of non-objection or a clearance decision by the ministry? Again, a very good question. And uh, interestingly, we have in Germany a mandatory filing requirement under the German FDI regulation. However, unlike in merger control, we do not have any closing prohibition. So the companies do not have to wait until they receive the clearance. They can close their transaction even before that. But what happens if companies decided to close a deal and all of a sudden the Ministry of Economic Affairs decides to block the transaction? And this is exactly the type of risk which the parties tend to avoid in practical terms in order not to run the risk of having to unwind the transaction, the parties would usually agree on a respective condition present in the sale and purchase agreement. But Ulrich, I have one question to you. As you know, there is this new EU FDI regulation, which will be applicable as of October 2020. And I was wondering, which impact would this regulation have on transactions? The EU regulation will most likely have three key impacts. With respect to EU member states that already have a foreign direct investment regime, those regimes could be expanded or adapted to the EU regulation. Secondly, with respect to EU member states who currently do not have any kind of regime, such a foreign direct investment regime could be introduced. And lastly, there will certainly be a factual impact on review periods. And Dimitri, I've heard that you have a very interesting theory in this respect. 
Well, it's just a theory, but if we know that the coordination with the European Commission could take up to 35 calendar days, and this coordination would not stop the clock on the national level, then I believe that in many cases, the national FDI authorities would rather be inclined or even forced to decide the cases in an in-depth review, i.e. in phase two. It really seems that this is not the end of the story and that we can expect uh, many further developments in this respect. Exactly. And I'm already looking forward to our next podcast on this topic. Thank you very much. Thank you. You have been listening to the Clifford Chance podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast by visiting cliffordchance.com and follow us on LinkedIn.